Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by Draft.com, where you can go right now and play your first free game by signing up for Draft.com by using the promo code BOXES. That's right. You will get a free game if you sign up using our promo code BOXES. And we're also sponsored by HashtagBasketball.com for all your fantasy basketball tooling needs. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, not much, Michael. How are you today? Um, I'm not I'm not doing too bad. The Bulls are on a uh, the hottest winning streak in the Eastern Conference other than like two other teams. And um yeah. This this I don't think they're ever going to lose another game now that Nico Mirotic is back. All all they needed was the Nico and Bobby pairing, huh? That's all it took. I'm telling you if you look at the advanced stats uh, when they play together, um, it's a it's a pretty good combo, surprisingly. Uh, I have I have nothing to say about the Bulls. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, well, they need to start losing again because this can't this cannot continue. We, they cannot just keep winning games and hope to tank and get a, a good draft pick. So it's uh, it's fun to watch and also devastating to see. I'm with you there. So. Let's get right into the thick of things. There's a lot going on. Um, first off, rumor. I, I'm a little surprised by this one, actually. It's not a rumor, actually. It's um, it's just the, the truth. Jabari Parker is apparently reporting to G League practice. I was uh, real surprised with... Uh, I, I thought Jabari Parker had quite a bit before he would be back into the swing of things. Well, what's your take on on this news? Is is this just a, oh, he's going to go practice with them and he's still not ready to go? Or, or should we be taking notice of Jabari Parker and picking him up in any, any league that he's available in? Well, I mean, we heard, I mean, even last month they were saying he was practicing with the team and, and you were thinking to yourself, like, well, what does that mean? Like, is he just shooting on the side or – is he you know, playing like, against a chair? Yeah, you know, like, what is the case with that? Um, so now they, they sent him down to the G League, but all reports are that he's still going to return in February, right? So, I mean, I don't think they have any reason to lie to us. And do they really have any reason to rush him back? Like, as long as they make the playoffs, I mean, they're going to have a chance in that Eastern Conference, and I don't really see any reason to rush him back if he's not fully, fully healthy. But um, you got to like the sign that, He's already playing in the – even practicing in the G League. Like, if he's doing full contact practices, you got to think that he should be able to return in a few weeks if he wanted to. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised that the word is that he's still going to come back in February. Um, if you can stash him, obviously do it. I think if you, if you have an IR spot. And let's, you know, let's not throw a, a parade for Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker is not a top 20 player. Um, Jabari Parker is a very good scorer, but how he will fit into this kind of new look, um, Bucks team with Bledsoe and the, and the incredibly dominant Giannis and, uh, you got Chris Middleton who really wasn't around very much last year, uh, when Parker was healthy enough to play, 
and and really, I'm not really sure what role he's going to play on this team. You would assume he's going to get into the starting lineup, right? But I mean, is there any worry that he's he's not going to have the playing time that he did last year? I don't think so. I think he. I mean, even at, in the worst case, he fits in as like a six man score type. Um, I'm not too worried about Jabari once he gets on the court. It's just when does he get on the court is the big question. Yeah, if, with all the signs pointing towards a quicker return than than possible, uh, I would probably say in a January would be what I would think is going to actually happen. But um, you know, like like you said, there's no rush here. They're still winning games. Uh, he's you don't really want to rush a player like Jabari Parker back. He's had multiple injuries, and uh, and also like I said, fantasy wise, he's a standard league player, but he's not an exciting standard league player. Oh yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I think at his peak, he's probably like a top maybe 50 player, um, and I don't think we're going to see him at his peak this year. It's just crazy to me that they're already letting him play five on five, even in practice. I mean, it just seems like it's really soon for this ACL injury, but um, if he's healthy enough to do it, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I feel like, didn't Zach Levine get hurt after him? I believe that is the case, yes. Or before him. Uh, I, it's, it's hard to remember all those injuries that happened last year. Um, too bad the Bulls didn't trade for Jabari Parker. They could have an entire injured team. That would be great. So keep an eye out on Jabari Parker's status moving forward. Speaking of keeping an eye out on people's status, uh, Mike Connolly, his Twitter uh, status, not that great. But also, he's out for another two weeks. Uh, he continues to uh, get treatment on his, uh, looks like his Achilles here. And and this is just lingering and and continuing to uh, really put a damper in all the people who own Mike Connolly this year. I mean, we talked about this when he first got hurt, right? That these Achilles injuries, like, there's no set time that they're going to heal up. And this could be something that nags in the rest of the way. And um, a partial strain of that Achilles is also, like, a very strange thing because you don't want it to get a torn Achilles. And, I mean, that's basically the death nail in a lot of players' careers. So I don't expect to see Conley rush back anytime soon, and I won't be surprised if he missed another couple months. Yeah, and that's pretty depressing, but like the Grizzlies aren't going anywhere, so it makes no sense for them to rush back someone who they paid a butt-ton of money to just to get injured and then be out for the rest of his career. I pretty much think he's going to... Do something similar to what you said, where he's just not going to come back till he's ready. Because there's just no, there's no need for him. There's not like they need him to win games right now. It just doesn't matter in Memphis. So we will, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. I, who do you think? Well, returns I remember first? we. No, go ahead. Remember, we saw this at the end of this the year two years ago, in 2015, 2016. Like they were like, "Oh, Mike Conley will be back in a week." And then a week turned into two, and two turned into three, and three turned into four, and they even made the playoffs that year. And I don't think he played at all. Yeah, uh, I do. I do remember that, and it was kind of, uh, I think, a really good level set for an injury like this. Like these things linger, and they're not 
and they're just not great. And it's going to uh, it's going to kill you if you own Mike Connolly. What are you doing? Well, I mean, what can you do at this point? I mean, if you have an IR spot, sure, stash him. Um, if I need the games in a head-to-head league, and especially if it's a shallow one, I would probably drop Mike Connolly at this point and just search for anything on the waiver wire that can help me win some leagues. Is it worth trying to look for someone like you know forty cents on the dollar kind of trade? I mean, it all depends on the league, right? Like, if you can get a top 100 player for Mike Conley, I'd probably do that at this point. Yeah, I think you could still – I mean, he's got great name recognition, and you might be able to trick someone in giving up an okay player for Mike Conley, especially someone at the bottom of your league who's, like, looking to make a move. And this is a risky move, right? Especially someone with an Achilles injury. But if you – hit right you know you if you trade for Mike Connolly with one of your mid low tier players like lower like bench players and you get Mike Connolly back and Mike Connolly for the second half of the season is is old Mike Connolly you just made out like a bandit so this could be a risk to be taken I think both ways yeah I hear you there I mean if you need to move make a move you could obviously I mean we talked about this what was it last week I think that you know, if you're in dead last in a league, this is maybe the kind of guy you take a shot on and, and look to make a move. Um, the only problem is with two more weeks now, I mean, you're two more weeks further in the hole then. Yep. It's uh, and, and we're starting to get into, you know, every week's starting to matter territory, you know. Uh, you should be right now adjusting your team for the rest of the year. You should be trying to figure out at least what you're going to do for the next two months what you're weak at, what you're good at, and and really target players that are going to help you. Uh, I, I think a lot of people really fail to use the waiver wire properly. Uh, I, I think a lot of people don't look at the the weakness in their team and they just stream off the waiver wire. They don't go, all right, well, I have a decent player you know, or a couple decent players, but they don't fit my actual team structure. I'm killing people in assists and I have more guards on the bench than I need. Uh, trade, you know, package those guys up, trade them to someone who doesn't get good assists, and then bring someone on your team off the waiver wire who's undervalued based on what you're not good at. It's all about winning all those those categories. And I think a lot of people fail to to do the simple math and saying, hey, I know this guy's ranked 80th, but to me personally on my team, he's the 140th player because I don't need his skills. So let's move him to someone who needs his skills, who ranks him even higher than 80 based on uh, what their team makeup is. I'm with you there. Let's talk about someone else who returned, or, well, I guess Mike Connolly did not return, but some this guy, he returned to the court tonight, bringing the Bulls to their sixth win in a row. Uh, that's Laurie Markkinen. I was kind of curious to see how Laurie Markkinen, Nico Miritich, and Bobby Portis would all play together. And, of course, being Fred Hoiberg, uh, it was a weird rotation. And for some reason, Laurie Markkinen um, did not come back into the game until there was about three, three and a half minutes left in the game. He started the game. He played uh, 25 minutes tonight. But he wasn't shooting that great. And so I wonder if that was just a Fred being Fred playing the hot hand kind of move 
leaving Bobby Portis in, even though Bobby Portis wasn't that hot anyway. Um, Portis played 22. Lowry played 25. Nico played only 26 minutes. Nico Mirtic probably had one of the best games I've ever seen him play all around. Not just not fantasy wise. Uh, he's I think he said better fantasy games, but he had a hell of a fantasy game too. Uh, but he was everywhere on the court. He looks amazing this year. If he's available in your league, pick him up right now. He had 22 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block, and three three-pointers in 26 minutes. But it looks like they're sharing those minutes right now. Uh, any um, any comment on this on this front court rotation? Um, well, first things first, I think that the plan was to only play Mark in the 25 minutes coming off that back injury. Um, right, wrong, good, bad, and different. We won't talk about that. I think that was why he they well, used up a lot of the minutes early, and I think that they brought him in so late was they really only wanted him to play around 25 minutes tonight, fresh off that back injury. Um, as far as Miritich goes, you know, under Fred, he's played 24.9 and 24 minutes a night. Um, I think Miritich, I would not be surprised to see him play right around that again. It just seems like that's what Fred wants to do with Miritich, even though we know Miritich is a better player than that. Yeah, and I mean, we said it before the season. We said it before Nico came back, and we're saying it again right now. Even in 26 minutes, Nico Miritich is a very good fantasy player. Now, he's playing out of his mind right now, but he can do this. This, is, this isn't a fluke. We've seen Nico Miritich put up these types of numbers before. Uh, this is probably as good as he's going to play, so he'll have his ups and downs like he always does. Um, he has been historically a streaky player, though he's not standing in the corner waiting for Jimmy Butler to pass him the ball. So, you know, maybe he is going to be a little bit more consistent considering they're getting the ball to him a lot more. They're running a lot more plays for him, which is is really good to see uh, Nico not just being a, a guy standing in a corner but actually playing basketball. He's a he's a must own in my opinion in in any any league. I don't disagree. I want to talk about another bull though, and um, this guy's really turned it on lately. We've talked about it a little bit before, but let's. Uh, we, in our last episode, we did a kind of a rest of the year. So if you haven't checked that out, go listen to the last episode. We picked a handful of players that were either interesting, who had you know good starts and we want to know if they were for real or guys who were underrated undervalued or even not even standard league value who might end up with standard league value for the rest of the year so go check that out and i think one of the guys we did not talk about though and we probably should have is chris dunn chris dunn has been pretty great over the last couple weeks he's averaging in the last seven games 17 points Five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, shooting 46% from the field. Is this is this guy for real? I, I think earlier in the year I said, hey, if they're going to play someone starters minutes, uh, it makes most sense to get when, when Chris Dunn gets back, which was a long time ago when he was out, that he should be the, he should be the starter. And uh, he's been starting for about a month right now, and he really does seem to be coming in to his own. Yeah, I mean, he's this kind of specific type of own. I mean, anyone getting two steals a game is worth owning. Um, 
the percentages obviously are not going to be good, so you got to be mindful of those. But other than that, he's helping you in a lot of categories. Yeah, the steals I think are for real. Um, not the you know two point seven that he's had in the last three games or whatever, but the steals are for real. He's really um, I've been impressed that he's has improved his jump shot, uh, at least his little mid range fadeaway that he likes to pull. Uh, he pulled at the end of this game. Uh, a few times and that shot he's learned to make and is pretty decent at making it. So you hope that that field goal is starting to sneak up and that's, you're hoping that's for real. Um, I don't expect him to shoot 500 or even 46% like he has in the last couple of weeks, but you know, hopefully it is better than the, the turd 37% that he shot last year. Uh, granted that was only on four shots per game. But Chris Dunn is, the, is, is, is definitely the quote-unquote point guard of the future in Chicago. So definitely ride him if he's available in any of your leagues. Uh, I would pick him up. It's, it's hard to get a guy who gets you around seven assists and two steals. Those are really great numbers, even though he's not a three-point shooter. Uh, decent rebounds for a point guard as well. So kind of, a, kind of sneaky good in a lot of ways. He should be on definitely in all leagues. Yeah, we saw him block half a shot um, in 17 minutes a game last year in 78 games. So um, he blocked a lot of shots last year, and that could be a big boost to you at a guard position too. Yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of got monster ups. Uh, he was uh, guarding Ben Simmons for a while in this game and doing a pretty good job. Ben Simmons actually had to start resorting to just passing over him because he's way taller than Chris Dunn, so it wasn't that effective. But Ben Simmons really did start shying away from taking the ball to the rim with uh, with that smaller defender on him, and, and Chris Dunn is really pro- proving himself that he's a pretty NBA-caliber defender. As you can well, tell, that- there, there's hope in Chicago after all, this, all these months. Well, that's kind of what we thought at the end of last year, right? That the defense looked far ahead of the offense. Oh yeah, it's just it's it's good to see that um, he's been fine. You know, Hoiberg isn't screwing around with his minutes and playing Jerry and Grant. Uh, that they're he's actually going with them. Let's uh, let's talk about another guy who's been uh, has has had a surprising few weeks, and that's Alex Lynn, uh, a guy I thought maybe we were done talking about forever. But uh, we have had to monitor the situation in Phoenix with Alex Lynn, Tyson Chandler, and now Greg Monroe. It's been um, kind of a weird situation where some nights one of those guys just completely doesn't even play. But over the last couple nights, Alex Lynn's been averaging 28 minutes. And uh, here are the lines from those two games. 12 and... 19 rebounds, 19 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block, 66% from the field. The other gave 14 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, a block, 62% from the field, and uh, perfect from the line, four for four. Is this guy for real, or are we just seeing an anomaly? Anomaly, that's not a word. Um, Are we just seeing a... um, we happen to be viewing it's like when you look out in the sky and you happen to see a shooting star it's not happening on every freaking day this isn't a this isn't a um, meteor shower alex lynn is not a meteor shower i'm not really sure where i'm going with this metaphor 
but are we just happening to catch Alex Lynn at the right time with these two games? Um, this situation is probably going to make you want to tear your hair out at some point. Um, it already is. Unless they get, unless they get moved, Greg Monroe or, or Tyson Chandler or Alex Lynn for that matter, which I think they've tried to move all three and have been unsuccessful. I think you're just going to keep seeing one random guy sit out and they were, they were kind of taking turns there for a hot minute. I realized Alex Lenz played in the last four games, but um, he sat out two of the five games previous to that. And I think they're just going to all kind of keep taking turns of, okay, now it's your turn to sit out and then we're going to split the minutes between the other two guys. And so sure. Len is fine to own, but, don't be surprised if there's a random night where he just sits out and get nothing from him. If you had to take, so you have to pick up one of these guys. You have to either pick up Greg Monroe, Alex Lynn, or Tyson Chandler and hold that person for the rest of the year. Uh, how would you rank those guys? <sighs> That's a tough call there. Um. I think I'd go Monroe, Len, and then Chandler. Ooh. Um, I, I thought I was going to disagree with you, but I I don't think I can. Monroe and Len are, are really close, and I think Chandler is a, a definite third, simply because, I mean, he's older. He's not going to play as many minutes. But we've said it before. Uh, Greg Monroe, when given the time, is a player out of those three. What Lynn's not really far behind him with the those are elite rebounds you're looking at. And those are really, really hard to come by. Now Greg Monroe's also, you know, pretty close to giving you um elite rebounds in limited minutes as well. And we've seen him do that before. Um let me let me go check out I think Tyson Chandler taught Len a few tricks because Tyson Chandler's always been a great rebounder. And oh yeah, I mean Len has been. I mean Len has how many games this year? I mean, just look through the game log here. He's got fifteen rebound game, an eighteen rebound game, another eighteen rebound game, another eighteen rebound game. It's like you know he he's had some really huge games, especially when he's given like twenty seven, twenty eight, thirty minutes a night. Yeah, and I think if you said. Oh, you had to pick one of these guys, and they're all getting thirty minutes a night. Then I'm, I think I might take Alex Lent because of that of that elite rebounding capability in a head to head league. Anyway, uh, in a in a roto league, I think I'm still leaning towards Greg Monroe. But uh, yeah, I think they're both definitely over Tyson Chandler for sure. Yeah, Chandler's basically a one category player at this point. I mean, he gives you a boat ton of rebounds and good field goal percentage, but there's almost no attempt. So it's not really helping you that much. Poor Tyson. He's known for chicken now, not rebounding. That is a terrible joke. And if Tyson Chandler is listening, you can tweet at Tyler, how mad you are about that joke at Watsy four, 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 four. But there's, there's another player in Phoenix. I'd like to talk about too. We're a lot of players in Phoenix to talk about, huh? The backup point guard has been taken over by Isaiah Cannon. Uh, kind of a really strange situation there. Did not see Isaiah Cannon really being signed 
let alone replacing Mike James in the rotation, uh, who I believe they kept for some strange reason. I, 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 what's going on here? He's played 26 minutes in the, the last two nights and is surprisingly averaging 16 points, four and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, and 1.5 steals. All this for Isaiah Cannon in Phoenix. What, what should we make of this? There's a cannonball coming, man. Cannonball coming. Um, yeah, what was strange is they, they bought James out of his two-way contract and made him, you know, brought him up to the regular roster, and then, like, now all of a sudden he's out of the rotation. Um, I can't say I'm surprised in the sense that I don't think he's a great NBA player, but... It's like a little, uh, not a lot of forethought going on there. What has there been? I mean, they drafted two guys who played the exact same position with their two first-round picks in the same draft. And they have three centers. <laughs> it's like, they, they, you know, their roster is always just a hodgepodge of, you know what? I mean... They should, they should move the Suns to Seattle. Enough of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cannon has shown streaks where he's been good, and then he usually shows you streaks where he can't make a shot. And, and yeah, th- and this is, I think, all temporary until Devin Booker comes back. Oh, no doubt about that. Because I, I still think, if anything, Isaiah Cannon is getting some of those minutes that will obviously go to Devin Booker. And I also think, you know, Tyler Eulis is still going to be, I would assume, playing the the starting point guard on this team. But um, for some reason, the last two nights, Isaiah Cannon played more minutes than Tyler Eulis. We saw that with Mike James. You know what I mean? Like, they, they can't decide. No. Now, it could be just a stealth or not-so-stealth tank move on, on, on their part, or it could just be pure incompetence. We'll never know which one it is. But if you had Isaiah Cannon sitting in your league right now in a 12-team league, would you go pick him up? Uh... Maybe in a ride the hot hand situation. I mean, I saw the two years in Philly where he was. I mean, one year he only played 22 games, and then the next year he played 77 for them, played about 25 and a half to 26 minutes a game. Um, he's always a bad shooter. He honestly should just shoot three pointers because he can shoot three pointers at a little bit above league average, but he stinks at making two pointers. Uh, but there's not much defensive stats, and it's not like he's going to score 15 points a game. It's going to be like 10, 11, 12, so there's just not a lot to love. Yeah, and I also I just don't think what he's doing is sustainable. He's not like a rebound assist guy to at, at this rate. Like you said, he can do these things for a you know, limited amount of time, but um, other than currently with Devin Booker out, Ride the hot hand, see what you can get out of them. Be ready to drop them at a moment's notice. Deeper leagues, though, uh, I, I think this is a much uh, a must pick up here because he will probably be the backup point guard from here on out. And you know, best case scenario is that they get tired of Mike James or 
Taylor Ewis completely, or one of those guys gets injured, heaven forbid, not wishing that. And then Isaiah Cannon's the starting point guard. And now you got a starting point guard on a team that you got off the waiver wires in your deeper league. That is definitely worth a pickup. Well, I think we've seen in the past, too, that Tyler Ulysses' best situation is like a 25-minute roll off the bench. And so, I mean, could Cannon play 23? I mean, I think that's a good possibility regardless. So um, Cannon could have some value going down the stretch. Just be prepared for a bad field goal percentage. And Cannon's never met a shot he didn't love. You know I mean? He's going to check up some attempts. Oh, he certainly is. Um, I'd like to give props where props is due, Tyler. Um, Ever since you declared that it was okay for Ricky Rubio to return to form, um, he's starting. it looks like he's starting to get back into the swing of things here. He did have a kind of a a crapper against Cleveland, but uh, right after you called him out there, he had a 22-7-5 game. So I do like your theory, and if you if you listen to the last podcast, we we talk more in depth about Ricky Rubio. That you know Ricky Rubio is historically a slow starter, and uh, there is, he's bound to be picking it up at some point in the season. He is not. I wouldn't leave him for dead by any means. Yeah, and I mean, I I I'm in just too much talent to to quit. Yeah. I mean, those steals, those assists, um, it's hard to not um, make him standard league relevant if he just, you know, has a little bit of an uptick. He'll probably be standard league relevant. Dismith Jr. on his way back, it sounds like, um, will be, uh, is is questionable. Any, um, Any love for Dismith Jr. from you? Uh, I think I feel like he's a little underwhelming. Those percentages are rough. Yeah, but I mean, I think we see that with a lot of rookies. I mean, could he potentially pick it up? I mean, I think so. Um, there's some potential here for a kind of second half jump where if he can shoot like 43, 44%. I mean, what are we talking? We're talking like seven, 16 and a half, 17 points. Four rebounds, four assists. Maybe he can shoot up to like 32 minutes and even get those numbers a little higher. There's some potential here for Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I, may- I feel like if you're in a standard league, there's a just there's so much on the waiver wire. I'm not. I know he's a starting point guard. You should probably have every starting point guard. But if you're in a roto league, I don't know how you can touch him. But if you're in a in a head to head league, uh, I, I don't know. He's he's not much more of a streamer, in my opinion. I could see that, especially in a 10-team league. Uh, what's crazy about all these rookie point guards is how none of them can shoot free throws. Yeah, I don't, I feel like free throws are down across the board, and maybe it's because I have Russell Westbrook on a few teams who's shooting like an insanely terrible um, percentage for Russell Westbrook. But it feels like it feels like free throws are down across the board. Well, and, and what's crazy to me is, I mean, just look at the, the big rookie point guards. I mean, Lonzo Ball is shooting less than 50% on free throws. 
Dennis Smith Jr. shooting in the 60s. I mean, like, it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like this is a point guard thing. You know what I mean? Like, why are these all these point guards now all of a sudden can't make a free throw? I, I don't understand it. Um, do you think it has anything to do with, a, perhaps, just throwing out a random theory, anything to do with the fact that people are taking so many threes now that it's it's affecting their free throw shot? Um, hmm. I mean, it doesn't sound like that could happen. It's a theory. I, but, I, don't, I don't know that it's the right one, but it's a theory. I mean, I like it. It's a thought. It's um, so, it is a possibility. Rookie point guards. Here we go. Frank Milikina is the best rookie point guard other than Mike James, who isn't really a rookie. Um, shooting 72.4%. De'Aaron Fox, 69%. Dennis Smith Jr., 66%. Ben Simmons, 55.9%. Lonzo Ball, 48.6%. Hmm. That is really weird. I wonder what that is. I wonder what that's about. And, uh, I mean, it's having some effect on Roto Leagues in the sense that the, the field goal, or the, yeah, field goal, the free throw percentage for all the teams is down a little bit because all these rookies that people wanted are, are dragging it down. Um, I know my free throw is surprisingly low for uh, for how I drafted. Anyway, uh, I'm not <clears throat> really not a fan of um, of, of of how just abysmal these these free throws have been so far this year. It'll be interesting to follow that trend as the season goes on. That's for sure. Yeah, we could be seeing. I know we've seen uh, rebounds. You know, elite rebounders are, are rarer, and um, now we see, but now we've seen a little bit of a dip in free throws. I'm I'm just curious if it's all related to everybody shooting threes because threes are way up. You would think, though, that if you were a better three-point shooter, you would be a better free-throw shooter. Like, historically, right, the the worst free-throw shooters have been, like, at-the-basket players, right? Like, back yeah, to the basket. Yeah, big men with giant hands who aren't really good at just taking jump shots. But jump shots, guys who hit jump shots are usually good at free-throws. And that's what, what always baffles me is Ricky Rubio, who's really good at free-throws and bad at shooting. Well, and I kind of get it, right? Like... Some of the misses, uh, as far as jump shots could go, could just be you don't know when to fire or you have a very slow release, so it gets contested a lot easier. And free throws, I mean, obviously you don't have to worry about that. You can take as much time as you want. No one's guarding you. Um, so you would think every NBA player would be able to hit some semblance of free throws, um, regardless of how big your hands are. Like, the line doesn't move. You would think with a, some amount of practice you would be able to. And a lot of it, I understand, is in their head, right? Like some of those guys, they start missing, and then it gets in their head. Oh yeah, the, the the thing is real, for sure. Like you can you can legitimately just forget how to do something. Well, yeah, and I mean, just confidence. Confidence is a lot of any sport. Just, you know what I mean? Just being supremely confident in yourself. Let's um, wrap it up with the week ten primer. So Tyler, over on hashtag basketball.com, Every week, almost every week, 
does a, a, a primer for all those streaming leagues out there. So if you're someone who has a weekly lock league, this is a great thing to check out Saturday night, Sunday during the day, and set your league based on a lot of the insight that Tyler brings to this. But if you're in a, in a head-to-head league, daily league, this is a really good article to be watching, to be checking on a couple times during the week, simply because there's always top 10 pickups and there's always uh, really good ideas on who to play in back-to-backs. And those are the, really, those are the things that uh, really can uh, help swing a week for you. So is there anything that stands out about week 10 from your perspective, Tyler? Well, I mean, we got a, a wonky schedule with the Christmas games coming up. Yes, um, it is a very weird day where like every single team is playing and then Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, no one plays. And then Christmas Day, it's only a handful of, you know, what, 10 teams play? Yeah, so um, the schedule gets really, really kind of crazy. So Monday, which I mean is today, so you guys won't know this, it's already happened, but there were 10 games. Um, and then Tuesday and Thursday are both very light days, three and five games. Then Wednesday, there's 12. Saturday, there's 13. Uh, Friday, there's nine games. And then Sunday, there's zero. So obviously the schedule's compacted into six days this week. And two of them, and maybe even three of them, you can pretty much eliminate almost right away because of the high number of games. So it gets a little hard to stream this week. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things. Everyone's in the same boat. So... I'm not sure there's too much of an advantage any one player is going to have over another, I guess, unless you have a lot of people who play on Christmas. But uh, even then, that should actually even out for the most part. Is there any uh, hot pickups that you, you recommend for this week? Um, you know, uh, I look I look at ESPN leagues for this, and, and we usually talk a lot about Yahoo because I mean, think the ownership percentages are maybe a little better. Yeah. The thing that I hate about Yahoo is you can't sort it by team. So if you're looking at, like, you just want to look at, okay, this team is playing a back-to-back, you can't sort their uh, waiver wire by team. And so it makes it very hard to do on Yahoo. So, I, I mean, I've just gone away from doing it just because it's a time-consuming thing. Um, But the goal of the thing is I try to put a whole different range of ownership percentages uh, in the article. Um, a guy I'll point out here that's available in – he's only owned in 12.1% of ESPN leagues is Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Um, if you look at his December, which has been nine games already, um, he's averaging 12 points, 6.1 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.4 blocks on 54.7% shooting from the field. Um, really? Now, he doesn't shoot any three-pointers. is a big negative, especially in today's basketball, but – He's kind of been picking it up, being the Michael Kidd Gilchrist of old, and it's mostly just because he's playing more minutes again. So he's a guy that's available in a ton of leagues that you could probably get. Um, another guy, Josh Richardson, only owned at 11.3% of ESPN leagues. Um, good for about a block and a steal a game, so if you're looking for defensive stats, there's another let's, guy. Uh, let's, let's really quick talk about Josh Richardson because last couple of nights he has gone off 28 points on uh, against the Clippers, and then tonight, 26 points. And we're talking, like, two blocks, three steals tonight. Three blocks, one steal against the Clippers. Uh, throw in a couple assists, a couple rebounds. Those steal 
and block numbers are pretty crazy, and he's going to get you a three. So uh, multiple threes in the, in the last couple games anyway. Is he someone you should be picking up? And is this a hot hand writing situation that could turn into basically – I mean, this guy's definitely a standard league player if he gets the minutes. Um, I've been saying that he probably should be owned the whole season and not too many people are listening to me, I guess, on that. Apparently but, not. Um, I think this guy's always been a guy worth holding just for that block and steal potential alone. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's almost impossible to find a guy who can get you a one one and one guy, let alone a you know a, a over one one and one guy who isn't going to kill you somewhere else. And I mean, it's just impossible to find those guys on the waiver wire. I think you got to pick this guy up. Yeah, um, there's a lot of I mean, a ton of guys who are and are not really that highly owned that uh, should be picked up. Torian Prince, another guy I mentioned. I mean, I think I mentioned him every week. He's out there on waiver wires. Joe Ingles still out there, you know, only 39.2% owned. Marcus Smart, he's going to hurt your field goal percentage, but one points, two steals, and half a block with over five assists a game. He's a guy worth owning in most leagues. Uh, Tadoshi's just back and playing. Rodney Hood, John Collins, I mean, like all these guys, they're they're all pretty much standardly relevant guys. Yeah, it's it's fairly shocking. Uh, even Rondé Hollis Jefferson is only owned in ESPN in about sixty-two percent of leagues. That's what I mean, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe in ESPN there's just some very shallow leagues. I'm, I'm not sure how the ownership percentages work. It could be that. It could be that it's more shallow league central, uh, perhaps. Or maybe they're just playing in the the, the Mike Catrone leagues, like uh, Western Conference only players. I don't know, like some sort of hybrid know. craziness. I got a lot of leagues, but um, I, Yahoo was the very first fantasy basketball, I think, re- like that really put some effort into their website and their application. Oh, back in the day, it was still pretty trash because the web, the internet itself, all, all you kids listening, uh, the, the internet itself was pretty trash as well. Uh, so I think a lot of the old veterans of fantasy basketball, like myself, uh, really tend to like Yahoo more out of nostalgia. Um, and I think that's probably why the there are more um, leagues on Yahoo the, the, that the percentages are a little bit better, more accurate to what you would think you would see when looking at how many people own a player versus ESPN. Now, I will give ESPN, they, they, I think they took the user interface up a notch from, from Yahoo. Yahoo needs to work on that, but... Uh, the, uh, the the Yahoo leagues, I think, are where the veterans kind of uh, hang out around, and that's I think that's why I like to use their numbers more than well, ESPNs. I will switch it over to Yahoo just for you next week, Michael. How does that sound? Well, our you know our listener league is on Yahoo, and um, it's uh, it's getting interesting. Uh, surprisingly, the numbers are uh, pretty different. Torian Prince owning sixty one percent of Yahoo leagues. Oh. I finally figured out how to do it by oh. team on, on Yahoo, for the oh. record. It just only took you a few minutes. Um, but no, our listener league still real tight. We have uh, the top five. It's, it's, it's starting to the, – the cream is starting to rise. The top five players, the fifth-place player, is only four games out of first, followed by We the North, who is 9.5 games out of first and sixth place. So you're starting to see that separation – between 
the greats and the not so greats. So, you know, everybody there at the bottom and the bottom half, um, you know, pick it up a little bit. Unless you're playing me this week and then you uh, feel free to tank, sit all your players. It's okay with me. I, I do not mind winning cheap. Ah, uh, Michael, always trying to get people to tank for you. Listen, hey, tanking, tanking is in right now. So uh, if you want to be trendy, feel free to tank. Ah, uh, Michael, Michael, Michael. Let's, uh, let's throw out some respect, though. Sloan Ranger uh, ended up taking first over, the, uh, over last week. And LeBron's hairline with an 8-1 and one finish last week skyrocketed his ass all the way to second place. We were ragging on LeBron Terrorline just a couple weeks ago, and now he's, oh. he's beating us both. I mean. Yeah, we probably uh, – maybe we should not have shitted all over LeBron's hairline um, and leave that to LeBron's barber. I think that is it. See, that was a good joke. I think that is it for tonight. Tyler, you got anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, that's about it, man. All right. That's it for me as well. You can – Tweet at me at watch the boxes or Tyler at Watsy four 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 if you like what you're hearing, guys. Rate and review us on whatever platform you happen to listen to this podcast, uh, or tweet at us with feedback stuff you want to hear on the podcast. If you want to hear more Roto stuff, more Dynasty stuff, more Keeper values stuff like that, hey, we'll do it. We we have a, a very high rate of return. If you just get a hold of us and let us know what you want to hear on the show. And um, if you got questions about your team, feel free to tweet us about that stuff as well. And if you play daily sports, any of those daily fantasy sites, I think you'd like draft.com. I know I do a lot better than those other daily sites because it's, it's very different. You do a snake draft once a day. And if that sounds appealing to you, or if you're not very good at other daily sites, because I wasn't very good at the other daily sites. I'm kind of good at this one. Uh, Draft.com is a lot more, I think, fantasy-friendly when it comes to people who play real. And that's right. I said real fantasy basketball. Daily fantasy is not real fantasy basketball. I probably shouldn't say that when one of our sponsors is a daily fantasy site. But I'm saying it is more like fantasy. And if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free game. The first game you play. When you sign up on Draft.com, you can sign up online or download the app in whatever app store you like to frequent. Uh, I think that's it. Tyler, uh, good talking to you, sir. And I think we will see you soon. But if we don't, everybody, have a great Christmas. And uh, we'll see you after the break. <laughs>